Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Berlin, 20th of August, 1985. Dear May, I hope that you are in good health and high spirits when this letter reaches you. I want to thank you so much for paying for Ramona's trip here. It was a once-in-a-lifetime occasion for both of us. I liked Ramona very much as a human being. I was scared that it might not have turned out that way. I am her father, but yet not her father. For the past 15 years, I have had no influence upon her, and of course, she could have turned out much differently, but she is a very sensitive, good human being. I hope that she will have the time to tell you all about the trip. That trip, it was like a dream. 1985, I was 17 and living in an apartment in Beverly Hills. Though I hadn't lived with Papa since I was a toddler, he did write me letters often. He came back to the U.S. a few times, but it had been three years since I last saw him. Colorado-born, American-bred, he now lives in East Berlin just because he likes it better over there. An entertainer who has become the Soviet version of a superstar, he sings, he acts, and he speaks with what seems to be genuine conviction, the Soviet line. The trip was the summer before my senior year of high school. I said goodbye to my mom at the airport, flew to Germany, met Papa's new wife, Renata, met my new stepbrother, Sasha, who was a little younger than me. I stayed at his beautiful lake house for a couple weeks, went swimming and water skiing, met some of Papa's friends, and spent time with my half-sister. Then it was on to Moscow. On the flight over, I noticed people staring. Quiet murmurs back and forth. I looked around me, and then someone came up to Papa 
said that they were a huge fan and asked for his autograph. Papa spoke to him in German. This was all new to me. When we got off the plane, a group of men in military uniforms rushed us through a tunnel beneath the airport. They were speaking Russian. Papa held my hand. We jumped into a car driven by a couple of guys in suits. There was a mob of fans outside, apparently. I thought, well, that was different. It was a whirlwind trip. Eight days full of ceremonies, interviews, lots of handshaking. Papa performed in Gorky Park, kind of like Central Park, but with Soviet architecture. It was the first time I'd seen him in concert. I was standing on the side of the stage, dancing and clapping, with thousands of screaming fans doing the same. I was totally caught up in the whole scene. To see him perform and work the crowd, it was so fun. When we had free time, Papa would show me around Moscow. We saw a ballet at the Bolshoi Theater, saw the Eternal Flame. One night, after his security left, Papa took me to Red Square. We stomped in the middle of the square, and he said, Hold on. Wait. Before I knew it, we were surrounded. People came from everywhere. It was crazy. They made a circle around Papa, all clamoring for an autograph. I was pushed aside. I was so scared. I couldn't understand the language, and all of a sudden, I couldn't even get to my Papa. But Papa was calm. He called to some guys in uniforms and pointed at me, saying, Dochka, Dochka, which means daughter in Russian. They brought me back into the circle. Papa grabbed my hand, put on his million-dollar smile, and then signed as many autographs as he could. We were there for what felt like hours. We were ushered back to the hotel, where from the top of the grand staircase, Papa yelled out in Russian, Thank you, and gave a peace sign to the huge crowd down below. He told me for the rest of the trip to just stay close. We'll be fine. The police will watch out for you and I. It was exciting, but exhausting, and a little scary. I was happy to go back to the hotel and just have some alone time. I turned on the TV, flipping through the channels, trying to find something in English. I stopped cold at a news report. There! Oh my God, it was a picture of me! The reporter said something in Russian about Dean Reed's Dorchka. That was the one word I did know. They were announcing my arrival here in Moscow. I was in the news just for being Papa's daughter. I knew he was famous or something, but nothing like this. Dean Reed is one of the most extraordinary and important Cold War characters you've never heard of. He was a pop star, he was a musician, he was an actor, and he was a communist revolutionary. Well, Dean was referred to as the Red Elvis, or the Johnny Cash of communism, or Frank Sinatra of the Soviet Union. None of them really fit exactly. He was his own person. Dean Reed was a incredibly handsome guy. I mean, like, ridiculously handsome guy. He went off and became a superstar as an American rock star behind the Iron Curtain. And I would love to make a movie about that guy. Yes, that is Tom Hanks, if you were wondering. In a recent online interview with Collider, talking about how much he loves my dad's story. Anyway, 
back to 1985. I spent a few more weeks with Papa in Berlin before I flew back home to California. We bonded over everything. Horseback riding, racing motorcycles. We're both competitors at heart. He liked that I was independent and strong-minded like my mom and not afraid to try new things. Papa told me about his big plans. He wanted to come back home to the States. There is just one thing missing for him. He yearns to duplicate his success behind the Iron Curtain with a similar success back home. I was excited by the idea of having Papa so close, living in the same country together for the first time in my life. I imagined what it would be like for him to walk me down the aisle someday. And then, the unthinkable happened. My father walked into the room. He looked at me and he said, Dean Reed died. I ran out of the house and I still hear my grandmother's voice that screamed after me, where are you going? And I ran and I ran until I couldn't run anymore. And then I fell into the sand and I cried. And I cried for so long. Love your brother! I'm Ramona Reed, and this is Red Elvis. I used to think that peace and love were just the same. Then I learned that life is not only a game. Each man must fight and fight again. But never, never, never let your life just flow away. Let your life have value every day. Episode 1, Country Boy. The next time I was in Berlin was for Papa's funeral. I flew out with my mom. We were assigned a driver, an interpreter, who stayed with us the entire time. At the church, I remember getting out of the car. In front of us was a huge wall with iron gates. I could hear low murmurs coming from the other side. I looked around. My mom was gone. She'd been whisked to the front of the procession. It felt like Red Square again, but without Papa to look out for me. A woman and a man I didn't know grabbed each arm and we all started to walk. When I passed through the gates, I saw rows and rows of people lining the long road, crying and mourning. The sound was deafening. It was a complete nightmare. I lost my footing and almost passed out. The two strangers on each side held me up. I thought, who the fuck are these two people and where the hell is my mom? I just wanted to escape. I just wanted to get out of there. In the church... Some of Papa's friends and family said a few words. I couldn't focus, really. Speakers relayed the speeches to the crowd outside. Then they played a recording of Give Me a Guitar. Give me a guitar And not the drums Give him the bread And not the crumbs 
And let me, let me sing with my people. The whole thing felt like a bad movie. Men in suits shuffled us around, telling us what to do and where to go. Dark shadows looming everywhere, whispers, people wearing sunglasses, photographers. But they weren't press. In fact, I don't remember seeing or talking to any East German journalists that whole time. The day before, my mom had gone to the morgue to ID Papa's body. She was kept 10 feet away, his body behind glass. I didn't go. I stayed behind with my brother, Sasha. My mom came back to our hotel room shaken. At night, mom cried hysterically, whispering through phone calls with my stepdad back in L.A. She feared for our safety, feared that the Stasi were listening and watching everything we did. I can't trust people. After I got back home to the U.S., I was wrecked. I was numb. Nothing and no one seemed real. The American press were asking lots of questions, and I was fearful that I would say or do something wrong, that someone would come after me and kill me. Irrational? Probably. But what did I know? I'd been in the middle of finals when Papa died. I missed my high school graduation for the funeral. I wanted normalcy. I wanted to go right back to work, to get back to what I was doing. But my mom became obsessed with Papa's death, obsessed with finding answers, and she insisted that I be part of the investigation. As his daughter, I had certain rights that she didn't have as his ex-wife. I could help get the State Department involved, request records. She wanted me to talk to the press. All I wanted to do was find a way to move forward. I was only 18 with a whole life ahead of me. So eventually, Mom took the lead and left me alone. After my mom died in 2016, I started looking through her things, through the trunks and drawers where she kept all her life's memories. I found thousands of notes and journals and letters. We hired actors to read some of them. Dear Patricia, today is Friday. I'm going into my 17th day of prison. It is worse day by day, and I am now alone in a cell. He was going to use this last film for his entrance into the USA. They did not like this. For years, she had worked on an investigation with my grandma, Ruth. You may be sure that I shall never stop looking for details about Dean's death. Damned if I'll give in. Ruth called on that Friday, and Renata answered the telephone as though nothing was wrong. She was convinced the official story didn't add up. Vibka changes subject. Police report. See the body. It was foul play. If he left the house, he would have gone to a hotel. KGB goon. Spy. Murder? I had just turned 50. I felt it was time to stop running away from that pain. I needed answers. I needed to know what happened. He'd always been my hero, but to be honest, I I didn't really know him. So I dedicated two years to fully understand him, his beliefs, his thought process, and timeline. 
I reached out to the Venda Museum of the Cold War Era here in L.A. I spoke to Justin Jampel, the founder and executive director. I was surprised to hear that he knew exactly who Papa was. Dean Reed was an exception to the rule of the Cold War, where you pick sides, where you lived in a binary world, East versus West. And it's really by exploring Dean Reed's story that we understand the differences between the systems. A few months ago, I took an Uber here in L.A. My driver was from Russia. He was maybe in his 50s. Would have been a teenager when my father was at the height of his fame. So I asked him if he knew who Dean Reed was. Dean Reed? He said. I learned about Dean Reed in school. I was floored. He's been dead for over 35 years, and here I was worried he'd been forgotten. And I have asked people from Russia and Poland, and said, do you, do you, are you familiar with the American singer, actor by the name of Dean Reed? And they said, oh yeah, Dean Reed, he was huge. He was like the American that we all knew. The Berlin Wall fell more than 30 years ago. I wondered if people still remember Dean Reed there, too. We sent our producer, Nicole, to find out. So, what's your name? My name is Kerstin Stör. Yeah, my name is Markus. Eugen. Johannes. Alex. Gregor Lotz. Did you live in East Berlin or West Berlin? I lived in East Berlin. West Berlin. I lived in East Germany. East Germany, nearby Dresden. Can you tell me how old were you when the Berlin Wall fell? I was 11 years old. Almost 18. I was uh, 31 years old. Have you ever heard of a man named Dean Reed? Yeah, I think he was the Eastern Elvis Presley or something like that. Reed, I, I know Lou Reed. Is Dean Reed the um, brother of Lou Reed? He came from uh, America, the GDR. Um, I don't know what the reason was for that, but uh, he was very famous in East Germany as an um, singer and um, an actor. And he had a very famous wife, but I don't remember her name. Renate Blume. Ah, yes. I saw him in television, and it was something special because he came from America. It was only one superstar in East Germany who came from America. When I was a child, I, I watched the movies, and I saw him on the movie screen. <laughs> Could you name any song of his? No. I love your brother. Together... We say yes. Die Gedanken sind frei in German. I appreciate his political views for peace, freedom, and that he stood up for the rights of all people. I was still very young when I met him. He was very formative for my life. And do you know how he died? Oh, he died? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. It was a little bit uh, mysterious, his, his death, but I don't know how he died. He drowned in the lake Teutonersee in the near Berlin. And he died not normally. Nobody can say it exactly because uh, it was a communist system and they said not the truth. To understand Papa, his life and his death, I knew I'd have to go back to Colorado, start at the beginning. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Well, the Colorado sun is shining and my Colorado heart is again. So my Uncle Dean grew up in a rural suburb of Denver, Colorado with his two brothers. My dad's his older brother, Dale, and then they had their younger brother, Vern. Thinking of my childhood days in Colorado This is my cousin, Jim. My name is Jim Reed. I'm Dean Reed's nephew, and my dad is his older brother. I never really knew anyone on Papa's side of the family. Jim and I only became close in the last few years. When I reached out, Jim was warm and welcoming. He knew a lot of the family history, including details about Papa's parents. Their mom and dad, Cyril and Ruth Anna, were just a very nice home I think they had for the boys. My grandfather, Cyril, was a school teacher, so academics were very important for all, all three of the boys. They all did very well in school. I uh, got to hear all about their great grades, sometimes in comparison to my own. My grandfather, Cyril, he looms large in Papa's life. Their dad, Cyril Reed, he was an interesting man. He'd been quite an athlete himself in his younger years, but um, had lost a leg in a farming accident. So he actually had an artificial leg, and none of the sons actually even knew that till they were older because he got around so well. Even though he was too proud to admit it, Cyril's health was never great, and he couldn't afford to get the care he needed. You'd think that might have led him to believe in government-funded health care. But in fact, it was the opposite. My grandfather was from the rural Midwest and believed in very hard work, good work ethic, politically very conservative, didn't believe in any kind of government handouts or, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat. And, oh, I got to hear all those, those cliches from my dad that were passed along. I got the impression that it was a pretty strict household and they, they would tow whatever line that their dad probably laid out for them. That didn't sit well with Papa. 
Dean being the second born, he just, he didn't follow the rules quite as well. And, you know, my dad felt a little sorry for Dean sometimes because he was getting the brunt of the discipline. And my grandfather was a stern man and my dad didn't dare stand up to him, but Dean would. And he'd face the consequences for that. Nonetheless, Cyril still loved Papa, even bought him a guitar for his 12th birthday. And Papa's childhood in Colorado was, in a lot of ways, idyllic. They also had just a great outdoor space to uh, ride horses and play cowboys and Indians, and they all did sports. So I think they had a great childhood of growing up and learning to work hard, play hard, and just kind of live in that American dream. Dean and his brothers, they were immersed in a culture that really promoted the Western lifestyle and cowboys were the good guys and they were battling the Indians who were the bad guys. And the big actors of the day, the John Waynes and the Ronald Reagans that not only played in the movies but lived a Western lifestyle themselves, it was a big deal in America at the time. As my dad, Dale, and Uncle Dino became teenagers, they both got jobs at a local dude ranch in Estes Park. At the ranch, my father could show off his horse riding skills to the tourists who came through. That's where he learned to be a performer. And then in the evening, he's bringing out his guitar and he's singing cowboy songs, the stuff that they've come to associate with. That's what cowboys do. They sing to their cattle at night to keep them calm. Jim's dad said that Papa had been the shy brother, but music, that gave him confidence. In high school, music really became more important in his life. And he practiced a lot. He even got some singing lessons along the way somewhere in there, uh, a coach uh, to develop, you know, what was obviously an amazing voice that he was naturally born with. And then it carried into into his college years. They did not have a lot of money, so to earn extra money to, to pay tuition and his boarding costs, he would take his guitar and play in taverns and pubs in the evening. Now he's actually playing for an audience and he's getting paid for it. And he's even starting to write some of his own music. I mean, there's there's certain girls he's interested in and he's winning their hearts by writing songs for them. And I, I think he probably found some success with that. Papa was studying meteorology at college. A practical thing to do, I suppose. But soon his passion for music took over. So in early summer of 1958, Uncle Dino got out of college for the summer and got in his Impala convertible and headed for the West Coast. He always, of course, had his guitar with him. In Arizona, Papa picked up a hitchhiker. He was traveling for a while and wanted some company. The guy noticed the guitar and said he had a contact that Papa could call at Capitol Records. A nice gesture for picking him up. And he did it. He went to uh, Capitol dropped his name, apparently it carried some weight, and got him an addition. And uh, within a few days, the president of Capitol Records wanted to hear Dean play a song and hear him sing. And uh, before you know it, he'd got a, a seven-year record deal at Capitol Records. I am happy and thrilled to announce that one of our most distinguished alumni is with us tonight and will sing his latest hit recording, Twirly Twirly. Let's have a nice welcome back for Dean Reed. I went to a football game and I never will forget that pretty little, pretty little, pretty little, pretty little, pretty little majorette. Capitol Records booked my dad as a guest star in a sitcom called Bachelor Father. 
They also got him a gig on American Bandstand with Dick Clark. They wanted the next Elvis. He was a rock and roll singer, sure. But with my father's good looks, he could be so much more. He signed a contract deal with Warner Brothers. They gave him an acting coach. Peyton Price was a successful TV director. Shows like Maverick, 77 Sunset Strip, and he mentored new talent as well. My father was 20 years old, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, new to this Hollywood game. Peyton and his wife took him in, literally. He moved in with them. It's in their home he learned to act, learned the workings of the industry, but it was also more than that. Peyton was a truth seeker and was open to talking about all sorts of things. They go on to become confidants for the rest of their lives. It was a relationship Papa never had with his own father, a relationship that he wanted so badly. Still, show business was show business. Dean did not have success early on with the first two records. Here's Papa's friend, Neil Jacobs. And I think his manager decided to sell his contract to a syndicate of sorts, and uh, they decided to uh, tell him what to do, tell him what to wear, tell him who to date, and control his career. And I, I think he rebelled against that. And Hollywood was Hollywood. Dean referred to Hollywood as, as a prostitution camp uh, where few people could maintain their integrity. Um, he was very uncomfortable there. He had a bad experience, and I think it stuck with him the rest of his life. This is going to, I think, will play later into how he views America. Because here, here is like the place where all these movies come from, and it seems corrupt. And uh, I think it had a big effect on him. Here's Justin again. He realizes that the studios are really as they are. They're businesses. They're businesses. They sell movies. And they're also selling an American way of life. And I think the realization that this was not real, that the cowboy of his imagination was in fact a product. And that product was all about trying to sell something that didn't exist. Papa's first couple of records, they were 45s, singles basically. The songs were sweet, innocent, romantic, kind of like the 50s. Everything was seen through rose-colored glasses. There's the dark side of 1950s America. I mean, this is right after the end of World War II and the Red Scare, the atomic bomb and soon the hydrogen bomb. This is potentially the end of the world. They're doing duck and cover drills uh, in schools. People are building bunkers in their backyard. I mean, these are times of enormous uh, threat to the existence of the world. So all of these things converge and Dean Reed really is a product of America in the 1950s. But just as the 50s came to a close and the spirit of the 60s spread around the world, Papa's third single found its way to a radio station in Chile. Although the sun is gone, I'll try to carry on. Although you won't be with me. And when school's through, I'll still be loving you. That song changed Papa's life, and it set him on the path to become Red Elvis. At that time, I was recording for Capitol Recording Company in Hollywood, and the third record became the biggest hit of South America, and they sent me down on tour of South America. This 
season on Red Elvis. It was like, really like absolute pandemonium and chaos. It was like Beatlemania, but two years before Beatlemania. Dean Reed gets the idea that he's going to go to the U.S. Embassy, alert all of the press, and in front of it, he washes an American flag. This North American flag is dirty with the blood of thousands of Vietnamese women and children who have been burned alive by bombs of napalm. We were a group in East Berlin of Americans. Uh, we were always kind of exotic. And Dean, of course, was the most exotic of all. I don't work for the Soviet government. I think you're, you're more of a communist traitor or American traitor because of your political affiliations in the past 25 years. These people, they do hurt me because I'm not a traitor. I believe I'm an American. And here in his darkest hour, the friend he confides in with his most terrible secret and life crisis is really an informant to the Stasi. It's very heartbreaking. I waited until 2.30 a.m. for Dean to arrive, but he never did. Red Elvis is a co-production of iHeart Podcasts and School of Humans, based on the Curiosity Stream documentary Red Elvis, The Cold War Cowboy, directed by Thomas Ladder and produced by Talos Films. This show is hosted, co-written, and executive produced by Ramona Reed. Jason English, Virginia Prescott, Brandon Barr, and Elsie Crowley are executive producers. Ryan Murdoch is the co-writer and senior producer. Jessica Metzger is the senior producer. Jeremy Thal, that's me, is our editor. Fact-checking by Savannah Hughley and Adam Bisno. This episode was mixed and mastered by Zubin Hensler. Thomas Ladder is consulting producer. Dean Reed is voiced by Mark Valley. Patty Reed is voiced by Nicole Britton. Casting support services provided by Breakdown Services. Additional voices provided by Nicole Lujan, Fabian Verfel, and Miranda Hawkins. Music licensing by John Luongo for Trector Entertainment. Sound design by Jeremy Thal and Zubin Hensler. Additional music by Jeremy Thal, Zubin Hensler, and Ross Bellinois. Narration recorded at JTB Studios, Los Angeles. Special thanks to John Higgins with Curiosity Stream and the team over at Collider for letting us share part of their conversation with Tom Hanks. If you're enjoying the show, leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Check out the Curiosity Audio Network for podcasts covering history, pop culture, true crime, and more. Love your brother! Dun 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 dun! <laughs> School of Humans. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com 
or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.